Blog Talk Radio. Uh, globally, 
not just here in our country, but globally. We see this tension in our own personal environment between our relationships or at work or um, or with children, even possibly since Jupiter and Cancer is a part of that. Um, one other thing really sticks out tonight for me. There's a couple of things. Mercury is conjunct Saturn. That just gives us very serious thinking. But Venus is square Neptune. So if we're finding that there's some love disappointment or something going on where we're seeing that um, that um, it's not exactly what we expected or, you know, um, or we feel a little disillusioned by love, uh, that's Neptune squaring the natal Venus. So um, Mars is in late uh, Leo, and it's actually not really making much aspect to anything, and um, Uranus and Pluto are getting closer and closer to an actual T-square at the end of October. So be looking for that that half a cookie moon. Uh, it's coming up in the next day, and um, that, that could represent a, a trigger for um, more difficulty between uh, the relationships that we're trying to make between compromise. Compromise getting the raw end of the stick these days. Definitely is. People are not feeling in a real compromising mood. So um, tomorrow will be a highlight of that. And um, we'll see how we go into next week. Right now we do have some air in the chart. That's very fortunate. We're not going to have air in the chart once the sun goes into Scorpio, except when the moon is in an air sign. So once again, we'll move back into an airless chart period. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to October 21, 22, when the sun goes into Scorpio. It's just 10 days from now. And that's Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk Radio. So tonight... I wanted to talk about um, the chart of the United States of America. Uh, it's, there's, there are there are widely um, widely accepted uh, chart that I would like to um, give the birth data for. Obviously, we know the birthday of the United States is July the fourth. <clears throat> sorry, 1776. Um, the widely accepted data on the United States birth chart is <coughs> sorry, July the 4th, 1776, 5:10 p.m. That was a local time, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's where the Declaration of Independence was signed. An astrological and historical researcher named Sibley last name S-I-B-L-E-Y, came up with this birth information um, by determining when they met, what was the custom of the day, and then through also um, rectification, uh, he uh, he came up with 510 as the, the birth time when the last signature was put onto the Declaration of Independence. It's very nice. Um, it's very widely accepted, this chart. Um, it's relatively undisputed, in fact, although there are some people who feel that there may have been a time in the afternoon. Um, but I've often used the Sibley chart, and I'm going to read the Sibley chart tonight. So um, Sibley chart gives us 12 degrees Sagittarius rising, which makes the ruler of the United States chart Jupiter in Cancer in the seventh house. And in fact... 
you know, we are very expansive and we do create a lot of relationships and we are very nurturing in our relationships and we are very maternal. We have Venus right there conjunct Jupiter and the sun wide, but on the opposite side at 13 degrees, all in Cancer, all in the seventh house. And we also have Mars in Gemini in the seventh house at 21 degrees. The idea that the United States is a country that develops relationships where we take on a maternal connection or we protect them in exchange for something that they give us, a strategic location or political clout or something like that, is, I would say, you know, fairly widely accepted. If you look at U.S. history, you can see that we are a country of relationship building. It's very rare that the United States has ever been isolationist. As a matter of fact, we really wouldn't have survived even through the 1700s if we hadn't made relationships with France and England or the different countries in Europe that came in and helped to... um, you know, sponsor our efforts, our efforts against the English, and then once that was resolved, then we befriended the English, and we used them to expand, and so there's a lot of um, relationship building where we are nurturing, or we are looking to be nurtured. It's a big part of our chart, the seventh house relationships, and in fact, the midheaven of the United States is the United States chart is in Libra. So globally, I think we're seen as like a global partner, like um, um, a country that does establish relationships quite easily. You know, when you think of a global political arena, the United States stands out there as being a, a really enormous character, which suits Sagittarius rising involved in foreign affairs, and then Jupiter having a really big uh, kind of personality in the world. Saturn in Libra in the 10th house, I'm just sort of including that here because it's square the sun. This is one place where I think we've often found that we have difficult relationships, where we have difficult relationships with um to keep difficult relationships because we want to keep a certain kind of reputation about the way in which we do business, and yet we react very often to the relationships that we make in a very strong emotional way. So the country is very relationship-oriented and very um, concerned with the way that those relationships get projected uh, globally. And I think that We always have been. We may not be exactly in that particular situation now. Certainly internally, we're not. Like our political discourse hasn't really moved to the international arena because right now our own personal domestic house is so messy that um, you know we're not really looking towards. Well, what is the what is the global community of foreign countries, how are they reacting to the domestic mess that we're in now? But the interesting thing is that we will. We will be having to contend with um, the, the, the global community's reaction to our domestic mess. And then our global relationships and the relationships that we have with, um, with foreign countries are going to become extraordinarily more important 
to the national conversation. Um, and that actually, one prediction is that that actually is going to happen beginning at the end of next year, possibly after some kind of midterm elections or something like that. There's a there's a great shift that comes at that time. And as I said in tonight's blurb about this show, that you know tonight's show, that, um, October 10th, that um, that I would be talking a little bit about what's coming up for the United States in the coming months. And the reason for that is because we have the sun in our chart at 13 degrees Cancer and Saturn in our chart at 14 degrees Libra. And if we've been following along the Global Energy Minute and the position of the planets, we know that Pluto and Uranus are about to um, create a, a, a um, grand cardinal cross by going into those positions in Aries and in Capricorn. Pluto will be in Capricorn, Uranus will be in Aries, and they will be transiting through 13 and 14 degrees of the cardinal signs. So what that's going to do is activate the U.S. Sun, activate the U.S. Saturn uh, at the end of 2014. But we'll do more about that and more about predicting and what that looks like and what we're going to need to look out for um, globally, it's not just for Americans, but because America is playing such a huge Jupiterian role in world affairs. <clears throat> the United States is a very generous country. I think that we give more humanitarian aid around the world than any other country. I'm not sure if that's actually a true statistic. You guys can check it and correct me if I'm not, but we must be near the top. Um, and uh, we look at that moon in Aquarius. The U.S. chart has moon in Aquarius in the third house. We actually really do have a very um, utopian and um, far-reaching vision for um, global humanitarianism and the aid in which we give and the money in which we spend um, trying to harmonize and create global peace efforts, I think often gets overshadowed a lot of times by some of the military actions that we've taken. But there is a strong uh, humanitarian consideration for countries around the world. That's coming from Moon in Aquarius. It's a strange little moon out there in Aquarius because it's not aspected not aspected to the midheaven, nor is it aspected to any other planet in the chart. And so I think it's a difficult moon for us to access. I think because it doesn't really function um, well uh, in, in the... Um, in the chart, it's difficult for us to access and go back to as a country. I would, I would suggest that we truly read and learn to understand the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, because they're very Aquarian documents, very high-minded, very well-thought-out documents. And in the third house, they represent the opinions and, um, and you know, sort of generalized ideas that we hold as a country and the way in which the foundation, because you see, this chart is the chart of July 4th, 1776. So this is the chart that shows us where we have our strengths and where we have our weaknesses. And if we have some weaknesses in establishing relationships and then uh, feeling sometimes like those relationships oppress us or we actually come out and oppress some of the relationships that we make, that's that conflict between Libra and Cancer. 
in in the U.S. chart. But the moon in Aquarius is sort of a pure, act-alone, um, philosophical place of egalitarianism. And everything about our country speaks about equal, equal, equal opportunity. The equal opportunity, the whole equal opportunity, this country has equal opportunity, that not, was never really heard of. You know, that you could come here and you could be here and you could come from basically any class or any background and that there's an opportunity here for you to make something of yourself. There are many, many countries in the world where that's not possible. You're either born into a certain class or the financial or racial or the makeup, the religious makeup prevents you from having the kinds of opportunities you have to be creative um, and to fully express your individuality. That's coming from the moon in Aquarius. And it's a kind of a beautiful um, part of our chart. I think we have some identity problems because we have Chiron and Aries in the fourth house. The fourth house is actually us. It's our home, you know, and we have Chiron and Aries there. And I think sometimes what we don't realize is um, is that we are a melting pot, is that we are a country that represents the... Um, you know, the great capacity for people from all nations to be able to come here and um, form one uh, collective voice out of all the different voices that are possible to experience on the earth. So culturally, we have many, many, many countries around the world, um, and those countries are generally ethnically singular you know i mean if you're in france it's french there there are more immigrants now in europe and whatever but if you're in japan it's japanese and things like that even though there are expats and other people from other countries living there those countries are predominated by the ethnic people that live in those countries and yet the united states has been um, blending and blending from basically from the beginning and we're racially mixed, and we're religiously mixed, and we're nationalistically mixed. And one of the things that's really good about that is that it says all men are created equal. That's our moon in Aquarius. <clears throat> but the um, but the Chiron is the way in which we feel wounded, and I think that different groups of people feel wounded in our country based on not being able to have. Um, a, um, a, a cohesive nationalistic identity Like if there, are, if there are groups of people Who feel like, you know, like Well, no, this group doesn't belong here or This group's not American Or this or that It hurts the country and, and that's not just what's going on Let's say today That's been going on all along Whether, you know, it was the Irish coming here The Italians coming here The Koreans coming here It doesn't matter You know, whatever group comes next is the group that's looked upon like, hey, you're invading my territory, when the truth about the, the U.S. goal and mission, the, the U.S. purpose, is to be able to create that collective. Now, we're very famous. Uh, we have Moon's North Node in Leo. You know, we're like a very famous country. So on the globe, everybody knows our name. And it's in the eighth house, which I think has to do with sharing. So there's a connection there between 
our identity as a melting pot and how difficult that is for us because we don't necessarily have this singular nationalistic identity that we can cling to. And then we have the moon's north node in Leo in the eighth house. So, yeah, there's sharing the money again, sharing people's territories with us, and that we're a world leader in that respect, Leo. But I think it also has to do with being able to share uh, what it is that we have as a country and be able to show that as an example. Kind of nice. We have um, strong wealth because we have Pluto and Capricorn in the second house. This is a very strong position of wealth um, for this country. And Pluto, uh, my private practice, if I see someone who generally has Pluto in the second house, some of the wealthiest clients that I have have Pluto in the second house. It's a very strong placement. Pluto rules worldly wealth because Pluto rules everything under the ground. So whether it's oil, diamonds, uh, land, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Pluto rules the natural gas, and you know the resources of the earth are ruled by Pluto. Uh, and if you have that in your second house, then it can those resources can bring you great money. Um, the U.S. chart is complicated because so much of it is sitting in the upper half, and I think that that part of the chart is so obvious. We're such an obvious presence in the world. The relationships we make, the way we communicate, the diplomacy, seventh house as a, as a mission of Libra, that the United States is like a world diplomat and we try and broker certain deals and certain things. There are problems in the U.S. chart as far as sometimes our credibility. We do have Mars square Neptune, which is not so easy. There's Mars in Gemini in the seventh house square Neptune in Virgo. And I think occasionally that that could um, that could, you know, potentially have us coming across as a little unreliable. Let's say a little unreliable. That might be the the most uh, politically correct way of describing Mars-Neptune square, that we're not always reliable for our word because we sometimes get confused with what's the best course of action. So that Neptune in Virgo, what's the most correct course of action, may sometimes get confused in the end with what it is we've said we want to do. And we can kind of wrap that up in our philosophical goals or our spiritual or our religious. I think I'm sure we have historically wrapped up some of our more um, unkind acts around religious kind of idea or an idea of a greater good. Um, but the truth is, is that in the bottom line, we could stand to be a little bit more uh, faithful to our own word globally. And... Um, I think it's interesting that that Mars is in the seventh house and that it actually is afflicted. The only aspect that Mars makes in in the chart is to that is to Neptune. Neptune itself actually makes a positive aspect to our Mercury. We're very concerned, very nurturing, very um well, sometimes I would say overbearing or smothering if you look at the different countries of the world that we have relationships with, like Japan, where we're their protector, or other smaller nations in the world, or Israel, like we're sort of like a big brother. So there's this maternal, you know, protector energy about the United States. And sometimes I think our emotionalism concerning our, respons our, our responsibility 
towards those relationships may get in the way of um, of our ability to see things clearly and be able to work out um, some of the uh, finer nuances of um, finer nuances of of um, compromise. That's the word I'm looking for. I think when we get too emotionally involved in the relationships that we're in or we feel slighted by our relationships or somehow they don't serve us in the way we want them to, that that Virgo again, if it's not correct enough, if it's not good enough, if it's not the right thing anymore, then we have that difficulty, Saturn in Libra, in being able to find the correct way to compromise and negotiate and come to the table. So it's sort of the chart of a country that is actually a great mediator and a great negotiator and a great middle person and somebody that's fantastic and always has been fantastic at diplomacy while at the same time has difficulty um, in it, in 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 figuring out how those diplomatic compromises actually can actually last, to be able to make it lasting. It's the story of anybody in any relationship, I suppose, but for a country it's difficult, and, it, and I would think that we're going to see a little predictive nugget. Some issues with our global reputation, um, Saturn and Libra is going to get squared by Pluto. So some difficulty in our global reputation as someone who um, is, you know, good to the contract that they sign. So are the contracts that we have signed are going to be coming to the forefront soon uh, in the next year or so, and our relationships with different countries of the world are going to get called into question. And since relationships is such a big part of the U.S. chart, I thought that was a really good place for us to start tonight. Uh, I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to the Inside Connection. I will be here next Thursday uh, at 8 p.m., Pacific time. I will talk to you then. Bye-bye. Oh, love.
I was lost and 